Man, LeBron James adds another milestone to his legacy. Kevin Durant is on the move to again another to form another Supers team. And Russell Westbrook experiment has ended for the Lakers. I'm Rosa Panther. This is a Clinic All NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. Hey man, I gotta tell you guys, go Chiefs. What's up, Sammy? My oh guy. man, go Chiefs. John! How you living, my friend? Yo, I'm doing great. And I know even though Sammy won't believe me, go Chiefs, baby. And I also want to pour one out for my man right here, Russell Westbrook. I'm glad you're gone, but I'm going to pour one out for you anyway. Let's go. John, John, there was nothing in that cup. Sammy, how you living, my friend? You know, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm, uh, I'm grateful for JJ's support. I'm not sure if I buy John's, but you know, it's almost Super Bowl Sunday and I will also pour one out for the entertainment that was the Russell Westbrook era in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh man, it sure was entertaining. But first, we have to talk about this basketball news here. LeBron James, James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and he is now the all-time points leader in the NBA. And I just want to give it over to you guys. You guys let me know how you felt that night, what you thought of it, and just what you think of LeBron James. Oh man, I guess, should I start? Coming out of high school, he was named the king. Everyone was saying too much hype. Will he live up to Jordan? But I'm not there yet. Sorry, I don't mean to start off with slander. I'm not there yet to put him over Jordan. He does compete with Jordan, but much respect, man. Like this feat of breaking the scoring record is amazing. We talked about it a few weeks ago about who could break that record. I don't think anytime soon. I don't think within the next 40 years, someone's going to break it. So props to LeBron James, man, who keeps evolving his game. Super athletic freak. Now he's just an all-time scorer in all, in all ways. Right, man. I mean, thinking about the hype he had coming out of high school and just the fact that he didn't just live up to it, he actually exceeded it, which is insane to think about. Because the time he came out, I mean, not to date it, but I would say it was really when, call it, not the internet got popular, but you were able to start finding about about play, like high school players and, and players of that stature that maybe we normally wouldn't have found out about uh, until like draft night when we saw, you know, grainy video highlights and that was all we could see of these guys. But the hype had built around him. He had an SI cover as a kid and it just felt like it was going to be impossible and he somehow blew by it. He actually changed the way players could you know come and go from different teams he maintained this level of excellence that at his current age is unheard of so yeah man much respect congrats to him like you just we truly are witnessing one of the best two players to ever play the game i don't think that's disputable however we have one or two i think most of us here probably have michael on top but as jj said and i agree with that but lebron is close to 1b at this point and you just have to Sometimes there's so much hate that we just don't appreciate what we're witnessing. And we are witnessing one of the best ever to it. So appreciate it and congratulations to him. We're witnessing greatness. Isn't that what the uh, slogan is? We're all witnesses? Yeah. Yep. I, uh, I don't know about you wow. guys, but 
Does anybody here genuinely think that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was happy for LeBron James? Absolutely. <laughs> and I love Kareem. I, no way, dude. There's I, no like, way. I love, I love Kareem, but I like, I'm having a hard time believing that he's genuinely happy for him. But I, I digress on that on that topic. But I do think that it was a super cool moment, right? I, I just think doing it in a Lakers jersey, and I know he's not going to be known for being a Laker, but he's actually been here for five years and he's actually been here longer than he's been with Miami, believe it or not. I actually did not realize that. Mm. I don't know if you guys did, but it seems mm. like wow. that, it seems like he was at Miami for a while, maybe because he won the championships, but he's been here for five years. So I think he's made a mark. He's won a championship, whatever you say, say whatever you want about it. Bubble championship, JJ, I see you. I see you over there. <laughs> bubble championship <laughs> no I, I just think like seeing it done as a laker fan and even if you're not a laker fan just it's super cool to see somebody accomplish something like that i mean to be the all-time leading scorer in the nba is something and you guys made a great point it's not even about how good he is because we all know he's great we all know he's one of the best players that ever played a game arguably the best right however you want to slice it but his longevity, his durability, his ability to actually still play at this level of, at 38 years old is unprecedented. And Michael Jordan played well with the Wizards, but he's LeBron James is actually topping that. I know he's not 40, but he may as well be. And the numbers he's putting up are numbers that guys in their prime don't put up. Yeah. Right. The majority of them. Yeah. So what he's doing is incredible. Big ups to King James. You know, Kobe's still my favorite player of all time, but that doesn't mean that he's better. I mean, I can freely admit that LeBron James is a better basketball player, but I'll, I'll take Kobe over LeBron just because he's, you know, I grew up with him and it's, it's all sentimental. But King James, man, what can you say? What can you say? Yeah, I, I, I pulled up uh, YouTube just because, like, I wanted to look up, like, the old videos. And like Sammy was saying, like, you look up his rookie highlights and all the videos of LeBron James rookie highlights, they're all grainy. Like, there's no 2K definition. There's no nice slow-mos. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous how long this guy has been playing. And I also saw another video where a man on courtside was like, hey, LeBron, are you going to cry when you break the record? And he said no. Bruh. And then he also said, as he was walking away, he said, I'll cry when I win another championship. And I wasn't even trying to break that record. So the audacity of this man to not even try to break the record <laughs> for this long and right. end up breaking yeah. it. That is crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. So yes, we should all be witnesses. We should all appreciate what LeBron James is doing. But I would like to bring something up. During that game, no! apparently Anthony Davis was the only one in the arena who was not standing, who was not looking when LeBron James broke the record. And you even when he scored hunter. and everyone was cheering, he did not leave that seat. He was still sitting down. I think he might've been looking at the monitor, but I wanna get your guys' input here. Like, what do you guys think of Anthony Davis sitting down during this you moment? Is this something hunter. or is this nothing? I think it's something only because you obviously know that there is going to be as much press coverage on this game as there is a finals game, if not more, because of the impact of the moment. So everyone's going to be watching you. Maybe he's not thinking of it in that moment. But if you're sitting during that bucket, it's going to get caught. 
it's going to get caught and it's going to get broadcast all over the place and turn into this discussion point. I don't know if he was playing 4D chess and trying to do that on purpose for some reason, but clearly something was off. I mean, Westbrook apparently was pretty, like, looked pretty pissed off in the beginning of the game. Clearly that was because LeBron had asked for him to be traded two days prior, but it's weird that the two primary, you know, personalities on the team next to him Mm -hmm. were so subdued about this and not, you know, engaging in the moment with their teammate. It just, honestly, it did kind of rub me the wrong way. I, I didn't like to see that. So I didn't think it was a good look, but am I, you guys tell me, what did you guys think of it? I'm gonna go next and let the Laker fan go last. It rubbed me the wrong way too, Sammy. You know why? Because if you ever played organized sports, even like, I wanna go into basketball now, like, Middle school basketball, you're taught when a coach calls timeout, everyone from the bench gets up. You stand up, you give everyone five that played, you sit down, you get into the huddle, you do your thing. High school, same thing. Timeout, uh, end of the quarter, everyone stand up, clap for your teammates, regroup. Are you telling me that the game that you love, that you go to battle with with the teammate, you won a championship with at one of the greatest moments in the game that you've been a part of your whole life you're not going to witness it you're going to sit down and you have front court seats to watch it for your boy I mean guys like people overreact for special moments I don't think this is an overreaction if I had an achievement like that, I would expect my boys, you guys, to be there for me. And I'm not one to be sensitive, because you know, I'm all about like, don't be sensitive, but come on, man, Anthony Davis, you should know better. John, am I being sensitive? I think you're gonna say yes, which is fine. <laughs> sensitive. Sensitive. <laughs> there we go, right on cue. So I... <laughs> I think I agree with you guys. Uh, it does rub me the wrong way in the sense that, so I think it'll blow over, right? I, the whole narrative around, well, he, or maybe him and LeBron are not getting along, or he's he's going through something, which is totally possible, maybe something in his personal life. But the overall concern for me is that it, it shows that he's not engaged. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest concern. And JJ, you kind of touched up on it, is that I don't, Right, like, this is the game that you play, that you have the luxury and the privilege of playing, making tons of money. A game that you claim to love, and that's your reaction in one of these moments, in one of the moments where your brother in arms, your one of your best friends, allegedly, and this is from his own mouth, that breaks one of the most illustrious, unbreakable at some point, what people were calling records, and that's your reaction to sit on the on the bench and look up at the jumbotron to watch him shoot a fadeaway jumper and actually break it i mean anybody everybody in the arena was standing up even the the guys in the red coat security guards that get fired for turning around they turned around and looked at the play because they said (laughs) well you know what i'm only getting paid this much i'm gonna do it anyway who cares that is the kind of moment we're talking about here and so for me i agree with you guys i think 
something must be going on. I don't want to comment on that because I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's going through something in his personal life, but I wish he would kind of explain himself because now we're just left up here. You know, there's this ambiguity and there's the unknown of, well, what is the real reason? And, and maybe he doesn't want to indulge in it because it is personal, but I, in any case, it did rub me the wrong way and I'll leave it at that. Ro, what do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, we have three people here already saying it kind of rubbed us the Dude, wrong I'm, way. I'm with you guys. You ba you basically covered all of it and no you could tell he's going through something too because I mean, LeBron James was mic'd up and LeBron James felt the need to sit next to him and say, hey man, I want to just tell you I love you. That's it. And that's something that you say to someone when they're really going through something or you know that they're having like problems. You know what I mean? It just seems very random. So I guess only time will tell. We'll see what reports come out later. But let's get to the trade deadline. It passed today. And we're gonna start with the biggest one, the biggest trade. The Suns get Kevin Durant and TJ Warren, and the Nets get Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Drake, uh, Jake Crowder, and four unprotected first round picks in 23, 25, 27, and 2029, plus a pick swap in 2028. Guys, what do you guys think about Kevin Durant I guess going to the Suns to join CP3 and uh, Devin Booker. Well, since I want to start this topic on a positive note and not with JJ's negativity, I think I'm going to comment first. So I, I think that this trade is a bunch of BS. I'll start negatively because you know what? I, I, I can't Wait a hide minute. it. No, 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 no. Um, this is quite the zig, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no. I, I, honestly, it's a it's a great trade for the Suns. I mean, there's no way to you can't sugarcoat it. I hate it. I'll be honest. I hate the trade because I'm a Laker fan and I'm my team's in the Western Conference. I'm sure everyone here can relate. But for the Suns, I'm putting my my feet in their shoes. This is a great trade. This is a trade that says, hey. We're all in. I'm throwing all my chips into the middle of the table. And Kevin Durant also is not a free agent for three years, three or four years. So they have him for a good amount of time. It's not just he's a free agent after this year and a rental. Like the Suns can be dangerously good contenders for the next three to four years. And man, when you have someone like Kevin Durant on your team with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, he's old. I think he's I think he's on the verge of being washed if he isn't already. But he's still a guy that can get you a lot of assists. And he's gonna do that with guys like that. So and then you didn't give up Aiton. I don't I don't know what else to say, guys, but th this is a squad that's gonna be putting up a lot of points. Thoughts? Well, on the surface, obviously, you're you're getting one of the what do you guys want to call them? Top three players in the league as of right now? One healthy? Yes. You make that deal. You you always make that deal and you figure out the rest later. So 100%, John, I agree with you there. Um, if they're not the favorite to win the whole thing, they're at least probably the favorite out of the West right now next to what, maybe Denver, as it stands. Um, I do have some concerns about how this team is going to mesh together in certain ways. I think the fact that Chris Paul is a little adverse to shooting all of a sudden is actually going to work out in their favor here. I have health concerns with this team right now. That's mm -hmm. that's my one thing. 
I don't think they're going to lose as much defensively as I initially thought because Durant, as good as he is offensively, is actually a very good defender as well. So he'll step into Bridges' role there. But at the same time, he is a guy, I don't think he's played a full season in, what, three, four years? Like, maybe since he left Golden State, if I remember correctly. He seems to have, like, an MCL sprain or some sort of knee issue every year now. Chris Paul, we know, is not the picture of health. Booker had a bit of a freak injury this year, but this is a team with a lot of guys who miss time. And so, if healthy, then they have to be the favorite. And you figure out the buyout market, you do what you need to do. You build around these four tremendous players, but I'm just a tiny bit concerned about their depth. I think the health is the biggest question. I'm curious to see how they mesh basketball-wise. I just, I'm not saying it'll be bad. I just don't know what it's going to look like. Um, we've seen Durant play in a system, obviously, with with great shooting around him in that Warrior system. The shooting here isn't quite as good. It feels a lot more slasher-based. So I, I'd imagine they need to add one more shooter. But those are my two questions that I, I just wonder about. Health is the big one for me with this team. And then just actually seeing how they're going to play together. So that that's my read on it. But they definitely they have to be the favorite out of the West right now, minimum. Stylistically, I do feel that they pose a threat with the mid-range game because now they have three amazing rich mid-range players in Booker, Durant, and CP3. And running the pick and roll with those three with Aiden picking. It's going to cause a lot of problems, especially in the West. So John Morant saying, you know, he's fine in the West. <laughs> Sorry, my guy. I think the West got a little <laughs> bit better today. That one aged like milk. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It definitely aged like milk. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if you're the Suns and there's a trade out there that automatically makes you the favorite to win the championship, you always make that trade. And the only thing that I'm thinking about is I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves GM looking at this trade. <laughs> the four unprotected firsts and a pick swap, which is basically what they traded for Rudy Gobert, except these guys got Kevin Durant. <laughs> like that guy must be feeling awful, awful today. As far as the Nets go, I mean, they're just, they're just re-upping, right? There's nothing really here. They have like a plethora of wings. I'm surprised that none of these wings got traded considering the amount that they have. Um, it just seems like it's going to be, what's his name? Cam, Cam Thomas? Yes. It's going to be Cam Thomas's show. It looks like going forward. But let's take this to our next main topic here. We're going to talk about the LA Lakers, what they did. Um <laughs> They traded away Russell Westbrook to the Jazz. Also, Damian Jones, uh, JTA, and the 27 first round pick. And it looks like the Timberwolves, they got Mike Conley, Alexander Walker, also a 24 second round pick, 25 second round pick, 26 second round pick. And the Lakers got D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. The Lakers also wasn't done. They also made a trade with the Magic, where they acquired Mobamba, and they also made a trade with the Nuggets, where the Nuggets get Thomas Bryant and the Lakers get Devon Reed and three second-round picks. What do you guys think of the Lakers trade deadline? 
I right. want Sammy to go first. I, I will. <laughs> I will. I don't get to say this often, and it pains me a little, so I'm going to say this really slowly. Rob Polinka did good. Doesn't Ooh. happen often. No! This is... Okay. The thing is here, if you look at what he managed to do today, this team had issues with shooting. This team had issues with some wing defense over the past few years. They needed an additional big, actually. Thomas Bryant asked out probably when he posted up on LeBron's uh, record-breaking <laughs> shot and immediately got shipped out for his trouble. Um, he's calling for a pass on that yeah, picture. Yeah, he's calling for a pass, and, and they passed him right into Denver. Um, you, you just you look at what they did today. They actually only traded one of the two assets they had left. They managed to protect it. So if they do go in the tank in 27, which who knows what the team is going to look like, they are at least protected for an elite star in that one to four spot. D'Angelo Russell for his faults actually fits this team pretty well and has been playing great ball the last month or two. Vanderbilt's a good fit, fell out of the rotation there in Utah because of the emergence of Walker Kessler. Beasley fits them well, add some shooting that they needed. I, I will give credit where it's due. And Bamba, I actually think, is a very underrated center. I really like him fitting there. He can actually shoot the three ball and gives them rim protection that they're going to need. The roster was reshaped really nicely. It got a lot younger, which it needed to. And these pieces fit very well on the surface next to your main two guys. So I, I got to give him credit. I hate to say it, but I think Palenka killed this deadline. And this hey, is hey. a very good team now. Hey, hey, hey. Do you want me to go next? Or JJ, do you want to go? Oh, go JJ wants it, to save it, dude. All right, go Laker fan. What do you think? What do you think of the okay. trade deadline? So so I didn't know Rob Palenka was a magician at night <laughs> or by day. Because he, he pulled off some serious black magic here. And... I agree with everything Sammy said, and I appreciate the honest assessment here because he could have gone full haterade as a Clipper fan. So I appreciate that, Sammy. Thank you. I will say this. It's it's pretty incredible when you think about it, right? Because Russell Westbrook, it was a $46 million contract. So you could get a lot in theory for that. But the question was, who in their right mind is going to be willing to give up anything for Russell Westbrook? Apparently, the Utah Jazz and the Minnesota Timberwolves so I guess Polenko was on the phone with those two teams. And guess what? Those, The Wolves don't surprise me. But the Jazz with Danny Ainge, um, you know, I was I was questioning it a little bit. But the more I think about it, I mean, you, they do get a lot of money off the books. And they have a lot of flexibility. But back to the Lakers. I mean, they had Westbrook's contract they gave up. They gave up a first-round pick, which Sammy mentioned is, is protected. So it's one through four. So if it's one through four, they're going to keep that. And then they also, and so, like, to get all of this in return, I know they traded um, Thomas Bryant and Patrick Beverly for Mo Bamba and Devon Reed and, and three second round picks. But everything, if we're talking specifically about this Westbrook trade, they, man, they really got a lot of good pieces and a lot of pieces for that fit needs, right? It's not just getting players that are good players. There are players that fit a need. And that's the one thing, that's the one criticism of Palenka from the get-go or from the last couple of years is that he's getting players that don't fit a need, that do not fit around LeBron James. But now, 
you have shooting. Malik Beasley and, and Jared Vanderbilt are actually two of the top 15 three point catch, I think, catch and shoot three point shooters in the league. They're top 15 of every of every player. So I would I'm I am excited to see how this team looks around LeBron James. I've been saying it for years. We've been saying it for years. You build a team of shooters around LeBron James and guys that can play defense and can switch. He has that now. So let's see what we can do. I mean, we need to win a lot of games to make the playoffs here. So I'm excited. Can you tell? Oh, dude, this is the most energy energetic I've seen you all. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Can I interject one other really quick thing, Jay, before you uh, before you comment though? One other thing. Like I said, man, I'm not used to giving Rob Palenka this much praise, but the other thing he did that was extremely smart is Westbrook, of course, was an expiring contract. That was the main thing with him. They didn't add money that's, you know, guaranteed other than Vanderbilt's contract, which is an absolute steal at 4.7. Yeah, you keep option, look. right? That's a team yeah. option, right? No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Vanderbilt's contract is guaranteed, but it's only 4.7, and he's worth oh, okay, it. Okay. You 100% pick that up. Malik Beasley's got a $60 million team contract, up. but it's an option. Bomba's yeah. non-guaranteed. Devon Reed is non-guaranteed. So the cap is still completely clean if this just doesn't work and they want to reshape the roster, they have the ability to. So I wanted to put that out there as well, uh, just because I remember reading that and I wanted to verify it. So that's also true in this case. The only thing that I'll add, because you and John killed it so eloquent with your analysis with this trade is addition by subtraction, as the great philosopher Michael Scott would say. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, the whole Russell Westbrook situation, regardless of how he performed, and John, you saw this team perform on a nightly basis, is he was under scrutiny, and you could just tell that he wasn't playing with joy anymore. And even during the LeBron huge uh, point game, um, breaking the record game, there was a clip where uh, Ham was calling Westbrook to come in, and Westbrook didn't want to sub out. And then I think that's what triggered, from what I've read, really pushed the front office to trade Westbrook. And lo and behold, today, ESPN writes an article that Westbrook's relationship with the Lakers was really toxic, even hinting that he was a vampire in the locker room. And even though that's not true, John, news reports that come out because, you know, it's Westbrook, I don't think you're going to have that same attention with uh, D'Lo. So I think that's just a plus in that in itself. You guys know what I mean by that? Yeah, I do. Ex only if D'Lo, you know, Snapchat's a private conversation. About well, when, that's what, that was my next. That was my next question. When when are we when are we signing uh, Nick Young off the buyout market? Is Nick Young available? The the other thing is that like if, oh if this D'Angelo Russell experiment doesn't work out, the good thing is is that you still have cap room to potentially sign Kyrie Irving exactly. the next year if you wanted to. So I mean, this is just masterful stuff by Palinka. I mean, the trade alone, Patrick Beverly from Old Bamba, like who isn't taking that trade? Also, hey, I wanted. Can I ask you guys a question real quick before we move on? Yes. So, with with the with the the great moves that Palinka made, do you think? Do you guys think that it's possible 
that maybe he wasn't the one who was pulling the strings when all of these bad moves were being made. Maybe it was LeBron. <laughs> maybe it was Genie Bus. Oh, maybe man. it was Clutch. And maybe this is this first opportunity to actually. He's, he, they were just like, hey, you know what? Don't listen to the noise. Don't listen to these people. Just make your move. I, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know if it's true. It may not be, but for the sake it, it of just, to me, it's just like the the discrepancy between what what happened before and what happened now. I, it just I don't know, right? It's just weird. It's not a tumor. John, for for your sake and all of Laker Nation's sake, <laughs> I really hope that this is the first time the keys were actually handed over to Rapalinka. Because what he's done here is so great. And if he keeps making moves like this, like I have some optimism, you know, going forward that he's going to take care of LeBron on his way out of the league whenever he decides to retire. But I'm going to take us actually to a break with a word from our sponsor. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoop section to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 in the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. With our uh, next topic here, we're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors and the moves that they made for the, the yeah! trade deadline. And they made they made trades basically uh, with three other teams. And this is how it ended up. The Hawks ended up getting Sadiq Bey. The Pistons ended up getting James Wiseman. The Blazers ended up getting five second round picks. And the Warriors end up reuniting with Gary Payton II and also Kevin Knox. What do you guys think of the Warriors moves for the trade deadline? The Warriors moves, I'm just going to say I'm relieved that we got GP2 back. Fan favorite, from the front office standpoint, they saved $7 million this year and $30 million next year with the pickup of GP2 and dropping or trading Wiseman. Um, Wiseman wasn't in the rotation. He didn't even get minutes when they were blowing out teams. Yeah. And now you have a player that could play point of attack defense where the Warriors are really struggling. Because if you watch these Warrior games, you know, top of the wing, those guards are going to just go by. And then Draymond has to help. And then they're just scoring in and out. So drastically helps. We're going to run numbers from last year. What people don't know is that with the Steph and GP2 combination, they had the best two-man net rating of any combination. So the Curry and Peyton created a, a, a Peyton and Curry duo. They had a 16.9 net rating with a 115.2 offensive rating. So I'm really excited. And just remember, man, GP2, when he got injured against the Grizzlies, the Warriors felt they had a drastic loss because they lost their best wing defender. And that's what the Warriors need right now. They need a rotational player that could play defense. What do you guys think? It, it's interesting in that we've been talking about Wiseman in terms of Warrior topics, like ad nauseum, pretty much since what, the start of the year? Maybe even last year? Yeah. And you're wondering when was it going to happen and what was the return going to be? And when this first came through, 
it leaked through as five second round picks and it was kind of like what <laughs> like that that's yeah. that's what we did like there's nothing where you're getting active help on the floor and then when they were rerouted it made a little more sense from the the salary perspective that jj mentioned they are saving a lot of money by doing that it, hindsight's obviously 2020 it's a little disappointing for me, who is obviously not a Warriors fan, to look at it, and I know they didn't want to meet GP's price in the offseason, but essentially they traded for a player that they could have had back, and I know it would have cost them a ton to do that, but purely not the money perspective, but the transactional perspective. You basically gave up a number two pick, which at this point I think they were completely right to. It, clearly, if Wiseman has a future in the league, it's not with that team. But you're essentially flipping what's remaining of his asset to get back a player that you wanted. Now, in terms of the Encore product this year, uh, obviously you guys know your team better than I do, but clearly perimeter defense was an issue. And we've been talking about Caruso to the Warriors and a lot of different podcasts and networks have. This is kind of a similar move uh, in a sense, but it's a guy who already knows the system, who obviously steps right in, fits into that locker room. So. From that regard, he can hit the ground running and there's no onboarding process. And with the way that the West is this year where it feels wide open, that makes a ton of sense to me. So I, I get the move. Uh, it's just interesting to see what Wiseman ended up turning into in hindsight. And so we'll see if GP gets one or two big playoff spots, stops against Memphis, wins them a game. Everyone's going to tout this move as a stroke of genius. So curious to see how it plays out. Yeah, I'll keep it short. I, I like, you know, I think it was time to let Wiseman go. I think sometimes it's hard to let go of something when you invest such a large amount in the, the draft capital that you use on this player was top two, was number two. You're, you have high hopes, you hold out for as long as you can. But the reality is, is that he's just not a good fit here. Is he, like Sammy said, is he going to be have a future in the NBA? Is he going to be a good player? Who knows? But he probably wasn't going to be here with the Warriors. As, uh, uh, in regards to Gary Payton, GP2, you don't know what you have until you, it's gone, right? And I think that's the, the true case here with the <laughs> yeah. Warriors. That at, when he left, and he wasn't the only reason, but a lot of their defense fell off considerably. And I think they realized they made a mistake because they're trying to rectify it. But I, I like the moves that the Warriors made. I'm nothing mind-blowing, obviously, but solid moves. It's funny because, like, if you talk to any Warriors fan, like, during the season, I'm sure they've made jokes about, like, hey, can, can we just get Gary Payton back? And they actually found a way to get Gary Payton back. <laughs> and, you know, if, if the Warriors were to do it all over again, I think they still would let Gary Payton go during the offseason because you can't sit there with a James Wiseman and not try to figure it out with him first before you commit to signing someone like Gary Payton and not potentially have money to sign Wiseman later on. So, I mean, I don't blame the Warriors for what they did in the offseason. It's just kind of funny that we ended up back here. And I'm going to give props to um, Bob Myers here for admitting that you know, Wiseman isn't going to succeed here and just cut it and actually gain something back that actually helps the team now. I want to ask you guys, James Wiseman, bust or not? Ooh. Okay, I'll wow, go first. Man. Go. It's, it's pretty hard, man, because I want to give the kid 
you know, some hope, some good vibes, but you're entering your fourth year next year and you haven't played much. I'm going to say yay to the bus. Yeah, I'm going to say bus too. And I don't take any joy in that. It's like, it sucks to see somebody who doesn't succeed at what they want to do and, and professionally, but I just, the biggest thing. And, and it's, and the it's biggest not a lack reason, of trying yeah. either. He's, he's trying out there. It's not. No, he's trying. Yeah. So big props to him. The, the, re, the, real, the only reason I say this is because I don't think he has an understanding of the game. And I think when you don't have a, an understanding of the game and the intricacies and the nuances or have a good feel for the game, I, I think it's hard to succeed in this league, right? And talent will only get you so far. So I, I think that's the reason. That's my reasoning here. No disrespect. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And like you guys are saying, I you don't want to call someone a bust, especially this guy's still a kid. What is he? 21, 22 right now at that point. Like, so I hope he turns it around. Um, if he doesn't, I hope he's as happy in his post career life as Kwame Brown apparently is with being a bust. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> With that, let's let's take it to Savvy's favorite team here, the LA Clippers. What they did is that it looks like they got Bones Highland, and they gave the Nuggets two second round picks. They also got Mason Plumley and uh, gave the Hornets Reggie Jackson. They also acquired Eric Gordon and three second round picks. Where the Rockets ended up with Danny Green, John Wall, a first round pick swap with the Clippers, and the Grizzlies get. Um, LeBron killer, Luke Kennard. <laughs> what do you guys think of the LA Clippers? Did they get stronger? Oh man, I'm, I'm Sam. You could probably speak more on this, but the you guys letting go of Kennard, <laughs> I was uneasy about that. And um, with all the rumors of the Clippers signing Westbrook, I just see John smiling and thinking it's poetic justice. <laughs> <laughs> John, go ahead, bask, bask I mean, in that glory. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, I mean, I mean, you can't West, even. This looks good, right, John? This is pretty good. Like, 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 these are the scripts that Hollywood writers dream of, right? You can't even make this stuff up. This is something. For the that... record, this is not done yet. Go ahead. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. For the record, it's not done yet. But I will say this: Paul George and Russell Westbrook. They threw a party in OKC. This is when Paul George slighted the Lakers. And actually, you know what? I'm not that mad that he did. That he did. I'll be honest. But it was it was stinging at the time, and they had a party. So they're really good buddies. So I think the writing is on the wall here, Sammy. I think you you sense it. I think a lot of people sense it. I'll be shocked if Westbrook <laughs> is not a, a Clipper. But if the Clippers have their head on straight, then maybe they they may those say pass. But I do like the moves the Clippers made. I, I think so. Their biggest. Getting rid of John Wall, he was a black hole. He was, honestly, he's washed, and I think he's done. Unfortunately, just injuries and not playing for so many years at a time. I, I think John Wall is done. So I think getting rid of him, addition by subtraction. Bones Highland, I love that. I actually like him a lot as a player. I like Mason Plumley. He's always been a solid backup. He could even be a starter in certain aspects. Um, he's a good player. Reggie Jackson... I didn't watch too much of the Clippers, so I want to get Sammy's thoughts on this, but I feel like he was not, he de he's declined this year and the past couple of years. Um, and so, again, I think they were able to remove a lot of, I don't want to say dead weight, because that's kind of morbid, but I think they removed a lot of pieces that weren't really producing for them. So, honestly, I do like the moves that the Clippers made. Luke Kennard, I think, is a loss, but 
they replaced it with Eric Gordon, but Eric Gordon is a little bit a bit older. So it's questionable some of these moves in my mind, but I, overall, I, I think they did pretty good. Pretty good. So I have I could talk about this for thirty minutes from all the angles. I will bring this down into two minutes as fast as I can. Um, <laughs> the Bones Highland trade, I agree with you on. I think that was a steal. I don't know why he fell out of favor in Denver, but if we were talking about, you know, five second round picks going for like Jay Crowder and then for GP. And if you look at it in that scope, getting him for two, he's under contract for two more years after this one at three or four million a year. That's just, even if you don't have the need there, when you can get a kid that talented, you just do it. I love that trade. Uh, they've needed a backup center all year, so I like the Plumley move, considering it's not he's not under a long-term contract. He fits the team's defensive concept. So with Reggie Jackson, that guy, he only played for the Clippers for three or four years, but he kind of turned it a little bit into the heart and soul of the team. Like The fans love him for just what he brought to the team and how fondly he spoke of them. Um, he did fall off a bit. His shooting wasn't there this year, fell out of the rotation a couple times, so... I get the move. Um, I think the contract's just matched, which is why they did it. The Kennard Gordon move, that one, I don't know why Kennard never fit with this group. On paper, he looked like such a good fit. The percentages right. were there. But when the whole team was healthy, it just seemed like he couldn't mesh with PG and Kawhi. I don't know why that is. I know defensively, he's not the greatest player, which played into this. He's also got a couple years left on his deal. I think it's like 16 a year. So they, they shaved a year off the contract by going for Gordon. Gordon's a little bit better of an on-ball defender. Um, that move, I'm 50-50 on. I, I think part of it was doing a little bit of long-term cap flexibility because Gordon's contract next year is not guaranteed. So they could flip it forward, which is what they tend to do for players in their longer contracts. Overall, in a vacuum, I think they did well. The problem I have here is that they had two point guards on the roster and technically three if you count Terrence Mann. And now they have technically Terrence Mann on the roster and no other point guards as of now. And they put themselves in a bad position in that way. Rumor was they were looking at Van Fleet, but the Raptors wanted their first a few years from now and Terrence Mann. And Van Fleet's expiring. So I understand yeah. why they didn't do that. I don't. I wouldn't have liked that deal. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, so... If they bring in Westbrook, I'm very curious to see what that's going to look like. I'm not the most <laughs> fond player of his game. We will say that. I think curious overall they certainly improved, the, but the they wrong word the to caveat. use here, Sammy. What, say that again? I said curious is certainly the wrong word to okay, use in this situation. Petrified might be the better word. <laughs> uh, so I'll be real. But that's the thing is just there's this huge hole at point guard now. And unless they have the faith in Terrence Mann to be that guy going forward. That's that's the question I have, is what are you doing there? How are you addressing that? Can this team solve that one to compete with Phoenix and these other teams that got better at the deadline? Sammy, can I jump in really quick? Please. You know how I said if, uh, it would be poetic justice if uh, Westbrook joined? Mm -hmm. What if it was Westbrook and Patrick Beverly? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> it could. You know, the it irony is be. Bev was loved by the Clipper fans a few years back. And I don't know, man. I don't love him as much anymore. But not, not anymore, let's huh? bring, let, not let's anymore. bring back, bring the gang back and bring all the SLR cameras with you, my man. Let's go. <laughs> you know, so, the, you know, the funny thing is, let's say they bring in Westbrook, right? 
I'm I'm actually really wondering, would they start him or would they start man? I kind of think they would start man, but if you do that, then you have Highland, Powell, and Westbrook on the bench. So the fit yeah. is, is really awkward in that way, and that's why I I don't know. Like I, I know he's been linked, and it seems like it's going to happen. I don't totally know if it makes sense, so... I, I'm just waiting for the days to come with the biomarker. They clear it. Unless they have that much faith in man, there's no way they're done. Another thing about the Clippers moves, I want to talk about uh, John Wall going to the Rockets. How oh, that's poetic justice. Wow. <laughs> because he just, didn't he just say that that organization is beyond trash? Yes, he did. Well, they politely Literally. called him after the trade and said they're waiving him to step fire. <laughs> It's just hilarious that it, it ended up that way. Hilarious. So quickly, because we're, we're running out of time here. Um, Sammy, I'm going to have you go first. Winner of the trade deadline. It's got to be Phoenix. If you get your, if you get one of the top three players in the league, then you've won the yeah. deadline. You might pay I'm, for it in the future, but Phoenix won, Lakers two. I'll, I'll alter it. Okay, so you say, so you say Lakers. So not, not Suns. JJ. Sammy, you're saying Suns, right? No, can't I say said Suns. I'm sorry. What's that? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah Phoenix said... won like Phoenix won Lakers too. So I'll go Phoenix. Okay, I'll for uh, for conversation's sake, I'll say Lakers. They got rid of Westbrook. Lakers. Okay, John. Oh man, I can't say <laughs> Lakers. You could John. say Lakers. Uh, uh, no, I can't say Lakers. That's what that's what uh, Rose said, right? No, that's Is Sammy. That said? Sammy said Lakers. Um, because I'm I'm. I'm not allowing oh, the yeah, Suns. Yeah. Oh, you're not, not allowing, allowing the Suns. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I'm oh, you're not allowing yeah. the Suns. Okay. All right, okay I'll, okay, I'll okay. take the Lakers then, yes. Yeah, I'll so, take the Lakers too then. Oh, man. I think this is unanimous. John, you should take a picture, man. Wow. Because it's the Lakers. Take a snapshot. You got to change that Let's background, go. John. That's ignorant. <laughs> yeah, let me, uh, let me pull it up. Let me get a Lakers Okay, now, now quickly. Losers. I'm going to go reverse order, John. Uh, losers... Wow, that loser of the is... trade deadline. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Raptors. They, Raptors. they should have sold. JJ, I'll say Heat because I know what Sammy's gonna say. Oh, Sammy, Bulls like the Raptors. They should have sold. I'm gonna say the Memphis Grizzlies. Because the West just got so crazy, dude. Gotta but anyway, be worried now, Ja. Gotta be worried. Where is Ja? Gotta be worried. Anyway, that's it. That's all that we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, man. I had a lot of fun tonight. Thanks, fellas. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you. If Sammy's not here on Monday's episode, you'll know why. <laughs> Sammy. Thanks for being on, man. Monday, I, I don't know, man. I might either still be uh, inebriated in celebration or inebriated in sorrow. We'll see how it goes. But thank you for having me as always. Either way, it sounds like a great time. Shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. That's